Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000. Plus, get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus, a range of real benefits, and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Uh, today we have the one and only, well, I'm going to tell you about it a little bit. But anyhow, how are all of you doing today? I trust all is well with everybody. Well, in Texas, the freeze is still on, but we are thawing out some. We still have, I think, a couple more days of uh, below freezing, a little bit north of Houston. But as far as the Houston area, we have started to warm up a bit. But the problem is, after warming up a bit, a lot of people are having serious problems. A lot of people have found out that their homes are busted. Deborah John from LA in the house. Welcome aboard from Louisiana or LA? Which one? Louisiana or LA? I'm not sure. Deborah John, welcome aboard. Michael Rudnin, I'm away today. Quick share. See you tomorrow. We're going to miss you. We're going to miss you. Senor Rudnin, one of our researchers, one of the guys who do a lot of that, finding those links for us, says he's going to be on the go. Bruce Pollard, I'm ready for March or a trip to Cancun. Well, I don't think you're going to be able to see Brother Cruz in Cancun, British MCP. Yes, finally up. Thaw out. Lack of water. Yes, the water is going all the places it shouldn't. Alice O'Donnell Sullivan, build the grid. I like that. BTG, build the grid. Build the grid the way it should be built to save not only Texas, but to save the darn country. Bridge MCP says, I woke up with eye cheeks swollen, tea bags rock. You're going to have to tell us a little bit more about that tea bag rock. What you do, put tea bags in ice and put it on your eye? I don't know. I just, I'm just making this one. LA, California, Deborah John says. Maywood says, hey, all, hello from Long Beach, California. I've been to Long Beach. I've been just about every corner of California, including at the Lake Tahoe. You didn't know Lake Tahoe was in California too? Hey, Anyhow, had a good time. But, folks, we're going to have a great show for you today. Uh, tea bags help swell. And I didn't know that, uh, Bridge MCP. I didn't know that. Anyhow, my dear brothers and my dear sisters, what is the show going to be about today? Well, here we have it on the screen soon, on the screen soon, on the screen soon. Here we go. Bingo. Strike three. For Texas conservatism. Strike number three for Texas conservatism. Lee Grant, hey all, never let a good crisis go to waste. What are you saying? You spell waste W-A-I-S-T, Lee Grant. Are you trying to tell me you want that weight, that 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 stuff to go on my waist to get me past a size 34? You know how hard it is to keep my waist at 34? You know how hard that is? It used to be 42 at one time, but, you know, I had to become a healthy, try to be as healthy as I can so that I can continue to do the work that we all need to get done. So come on, Lee Grant. 
Aina House. South Central LA. Love you, girl. Love you, girl, Deborah. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Anyhow, title of the show today, Strike 3 for Texas Conservatism. And the first video, we talk about that. And it has a correspondent blog that I want you guys to read uh, because I, I, I kind of itemized it in the blog. And likewise, economist Richard Wolf discusses the sickness is the system. The sickness is the system. The sickness is the system. Bruce, somebody's fattening up on others' problems. <laughs> Bruce, that's a good one, Bruce. Lee, eat your way out so it goes to waste. All right, let's get busy. I want to play the first video, and uh, we'll move on from there, and then we'll get back, and we'll start talking again. So let's get busy. The Great Texas Freeze, the Texas electric grid failure may be strike three. Here's what I mean. Strike one. Texans had the opportunity for every Texan to be insured with the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. Texans left over $100 billion on the table for ideology. We are going to allow over 2,000 of our citizens to die every year. We are going to make sure over 4 million Texans are uninsured because we don't believe in government. And we don't want government involved. It would have been free for three years and 10% thereafter. Strike number two. COVID comes and Texans make believe it's just the flu. They believe this president that everyone knows is a liar. They forget that, you know what? People die from these things. So it overtook Texans and it destroyed the Texas economy for quite some time, more so than it had to. Strike two. And now strike three. A cold spell that we knew was coming. It was coming. It was told. It was forecasted. We had over a week to plan. We had over a week to start generators. But ERCOT, a private company, controls private companies who generate electricity. Even though 10 years prior, they were told, you have to insulate your devices. You have to make sure that they're ready to run. And Texas said, no, we care more about profits. It's private. And we get off of the entire country's grid because we don't want the Fed government telling us what to do. So we make sure and keep most of our electrical system inside of Texas all by its lonesome. Now the federal government can't tell us what to do. And we control our power. So we have laissez-faire power. We're at one time this week. It went to over $9,000 a megawatt. Something that normally is under $9 a megawatt. Strike three. Well... Here is James Moore, an author and strategist, who says it quite well. He makes it known, this time, conservatism is at risk. This time, we may get it extricated out of Texas. Check this out. Jim, your reaction to Ted Cruz's short-lived trip to Mexico, is this part of a bigger problem with Texas leadership? It's certainly part of a problem with Ted Cruz, Stephanie. I think the misunderstanding most people have about this guy is that he did not make a mistake in judgment. He was simply being Ted Cruz. What he was concerned about was perception, not the morality, not the reality of the fact that he was abandoning his state as people are burning their furniture, they're standing out line in sub-freezing temperatures, waiting to get buckets of water to take home. There are people filling up their, their dinnerware and their Tupperware with snow to flush their toilets. And there are people literally dying here, and he's worried about the perception. The, the misunderstanding of Ted Cruz and what he, he is in Texas is that he didn't think about this at all. He didn't think about how can I help 
What can I do for my state? Can I facilitate things with FEMA? Can I talk to people and help Washington better understand what is needed down here? Instead, he did what a lot of Mexicans do, which is to cross the border and travel 1,200 miles to find heat, light, and water for his family. Then if this is just Ted Cruz being Ted Cruz, why does he keep getting elected? What does that tell you about Texans? We keep electing these people that give us problems like what we've just experienced. We have conservatives in Texas who simply think that not just less government is better, but almost no government. In fact, the governor today is complaining about ERCOT, the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, which screwed up the entire grid when the storm hit. And he's talking about reforming it and fixing it. But he's culpable in this thing. He has known for years that the grid has not been hardened against catastrophic weather events. There were recommendations about 10 years ago that the grid and the generating plants be upgraded in a way that would protect them from huge weather events like storms and freezes of this nature. And they ignored it because we have our own grid. We are not susceptible to federal regulations because we contain it with inside of our borders. And if you spend millions of dollars to upgrade, you're cutting into profits. So it never happens. So it's wildly disingenuous to the governor and Ted Cruz and everybody else in the conservative movement in Texas to come back and say, oh, we're going to fix it. We're going to solve this problem. They knew it was there. They simply ignored it because it's profitable to ignore. Then knowing Texas as well as you do, when we get past this and people are safe in their homes, hopefully, are Texans going to forget about this and just go right back to the way they were? I think that's the big, big, important question, Stephanie. And what I'd like to believe is that this is a kind of seismic event that the COVID and the coronavirus have been for Donald Trump. I think that this may be the moment that has peeled back the covers on what conservatism is all about. In this state, we are ignoring Medicaid. There's $100 billion that Texas has sitting on the table for 10 years if we expand Medicaid. But no, we don't want government to come into the state. So we have four and a quarter million people who are uninsured, including 625,000 children. We don't raise our gas tax since 1991 in Texas. And consequently, what happens is we bring in companies to build toll roads and we pay a tax that way. It's a shell game. And we've got, although we have no state income tax and they brag about that, we have bonded indebtedness that, that approaches like $60 billion and they hide it. So the politicians can say, hey, I didn't raise your taxes. But my hope is that this incident has unveiled what's really going on in Texas. And people like Ted Cruz and Greg Abbott will pay a price for it. And the people in the state will realize if you want infrastructure that works, if you want roads and good schools and highways, mass transportation, you have to pay for it, just like you do everything else. Now, James Moore was kind. He called it a shell game. I call it a fraud. It is, in fact, a fraud. And he means a fraud. He explained the fraud. We say, oh, we don't raise your gas tax. We don't raise the taxes that's needed to keep our roads up. But we bring in toll roads, some of them owned by foreign companies, and they collect a tax, right? The toll for the road that you're going to use is a tax. So it's not the government taking your money. It's the toll road private company taking your money, which means that some of that money goes into their 
pockets as opposed to if the government build the darn roads and charge the taxes, it would be that much cheaper because there would be no shareholder to pay, there would be no profits to make, there would be no bonuses for executives, etc. It's the same thing with healthcare as well. Oh, we don't want the government in here because we want to run any kind of laissez-faire medical system where we can have private companies come in and gouge you. You bring the government in here as people start to see how efficient it is. They shy away from the, the wants of private insurance companies and want better government provided services because again, there's, there, there's nobody trying to make a profit on it for something that's no, it's, that's not innovative. I think this could be it. We need to ensure to make it it. This must be the time that we expunge this type of conservatism outside of Texas and to put it bluntly, outside of the country. You know why? It kills. And I really mean that. It kills. There are numbers anywhere from 700 dead uh, Texans to 2,700 dead Texans because we, <coughs> we didn't expand the Medicare expansion to the Affordable Care. Anyhow, we are going <coughs> to... Sorry about that, my friends. We're going to go ahead and get right into uh, uh, Dr. Professor Economist Richard uh, Wolf before we do anything else. So let's get busy. Welcome to one more edition to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis. Folks, we have a gem for you today. Dr. Richard D. Wolf is Professor of Economics Emeritus at the University of Massachusetts Amherst and a visiting professor in the graduate program in international affairs of the New School University, New York City. He is the founder of Democracy at Work and host of their nationally syndicated show, Economic Update. His latest book is The Sickness is the System When Capitalism Fails to Save Us from Pandemics or Itself and is available along with his other books, Understanding Socialism and Understanding Marxism at www.democracyatwork.info. For those of you who are not new to Politics Done Right, you know we've covered this book before, but he's released it as an ebook. Now, welcome to Politics Done Right, Richard Wolf. How are you doing today? Okay, Egbert. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So, now, um, first of all, uh, before we get into the pandemic, before we get into any of these other issues, have you heard about ERCOT in Texas? and the blackouts in Texas. I, just off the wall, I wondered if you heard about it. Yes, I have. I've heard all about it. I've been following it. And I, I've got to tell you, it, it for me, it really is connected uh, in a particular way to COVID-19 and to the uh, economic disaster we are living through. And, and here's the way. There really is no excuse for not being prepared. I mean, this, this has to be called out for what it is. Every four to seven years, the capitalist economic system crashes. Sometimes the crashes are deep and last a long time. Sometimes they're shallow and they don't. But every four to seven years, suddenly, people are thrown out of work, businesses cut back, uh, communities don't get the tax revenue they need. We know this. It's been true for hundreds of years. There's no excuse not to be prepared. Second example, we have had viruses from the beginning of the human race, if not long before. You know, we had a horrible one back in 1918 that 
killed uh, 700,000 people in America. We've had SARS and MERS and Ebola. We know that the human community is at risk from viruses that can do terrible damage. You have to be prepared for that if you aren't crazy. That's what we have a government for. And here's the last one. The state of Texas has been subject to extremes of weather in the summer, incredible heat, incredible heat waves, which guess what? Use a lot of electricity, okay? This time they have something a bit more unusual, the other end, cold. But since they use electricity, it must have dawned on somebody with a third grade education that you need to have standby capacity to handle unexpected demands, whether it's heat or it's cold or anything else. There is no excuse. I noticed Governor Abbott immediately did what I call the Trump dance. He discovered some obscure council in, in Texas and blamed them. It's like Trump blaming poor immigrants coming from Latin America or the Chinese, or I mean, it is this unspeakable failure not to be prepared when there's no excuse and then finding somebody to scapegoat for it. It really is a sign of a society that is in deep trouble and not getting better. You know, Dr. Wolf, in, in you explaining that there are a lot of issues here in Texas with um, with them not wanting regulations. And you talk about uh, capitalism. Uh, I, I covered this on our program, in fact, just before this show with you today, in that all the all our endemics, all, all the things that we've had so far, uh, the system that says we want less regulation, we want less control, we want less taxes, they continue to cause us more harm in texas as we had the windmills froze because they didn't put the right windmills in the gas <laughs> lines froze because they didn't put the right regulations to run the gas right now we don't have a capacity issue in texas we have a regulation issue we have a what i call a capitalism issue now let's get on to what your uh, this book is because i, I you know the, the table of content is self-explanatory I mean, everybody needs to just see the table of contents and then they're going to want to go ahead and get the book right away. And it starts out with uh, one thing. Capitalism crashes again. And COVID-19 was not the trigger. I was so happy you stated that because before COVID-19, we covered on Politics Done Right why it was imminent that this economic system was going to have a crash pretty darn soon. Why don't you bring some meat to that theory? Okay, I'd be glad to. Let me begin by surprising some people. Uh, not only are you right in what you just said, but if you were reading the financial press, the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Times, um, Bloomberg News, any of them, you would have known that in the years 216 to 17 to 18 to 19, the financial press that loves capitalism was all speculating because they know that it crashes every four to seven years. They know that the last crash was in 2008. So do the math. If it's four to seven years and the last one was in 2008, as soon as you're in 2016, 
you're over the average. And so it's now becoming a betting game as to when the inevitable will come. Everybody was expecting it. And as each year went by, we reminded one another, those of us who work in this business, that there's a sad reality, which is if you have longer than average between your crisis, it usually means that the crisis when it hits will be worse than if it had hit more on schedule. You know, it's like not going to the doctor for your checkup and then going two years later and being told by the doctor, it would have been a lot better if I had seen you sooner. It's the same kind of thing. So for me, it, it's crystal clear. If it hadn't been COVID, it would have been something else. And, and the way to prove it is to remind people, this is the third crash of capitalism in the 21st century. The first one was in the spring of 2000. It got the name of the dot-com crisis. Right. All right. In 2008, we had the second one. It got the name subprime mortgage crisis. And so this one gets the name COVID-19. But you notice something? Three crises. We're 21 years into the century. That works out to an average of every seven years, just like we know. There's no surprise. The COVID-19 is not the problem we have. It makes our problem worse, no question. I mean, you know, in the Great Depression, we had a terrible crash in the 1930s, but at least we didn't have a terrible public health disaster at the same time. This time, we are in really deep territory, uncharted territory. We've never done this before. We have an economic crash and a big one, and we have a once-in-a-century public health catastrophe, and they're happening at the same time. Each one makes the other one worse. But you're not going to fool anybody, and you're certainly not going to solve a problem if what you think is going on is a bad disease. No, 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 no. There is certainly a bad disease, but that's why I titled the book what it is. The real disease we have to worry about is the one that crashes every four to seven years. And you know what else, doctor? And, and, and please put some meat on this for me. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in D.C., and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or ticket. As, as we, first of all, after we got informed about this disease 
it seemed like it was in the interest of some that this disease further metastasized because it has become a wealth transfer engine and more than a wealth transfer engine, a method for taking the money of most, the incomes of most, up to a select few. Amazon is now even bigger as mom and pops are gone. Right. Uh, Walmart is even bigger as others that were in the market were told to close. There was no governmental support to really keep these things, uh, to keep a status quo until the pandemic was over. Why don't you tell me why it is that only with something other than capitalism that you can actually have a system that takes care of who we should be taking care of, humanity? All right, let me start with the inequality. You are absolutely right. There are two kinds of inequality that are being heavily increased or worsened during this pandemic slash economic crash. The first one is the inequality between labor and capital, between people who live by working and people who are sitting at the top of the economic pyramid. I mean, and nothing, nothing is easier than for me to give you a couple of examples. We currently have roughly 65, and this is a number people should think about, 65 million Americans have filed for unemployment compensation at one time or another since March of last year. Some of them have been unemployed the entire time. Others have only been unemployed a few weeks and everything in between. But here's something to remember. If you're unemployed and if you have to wait a couple of weeks or more to get your unemployment compensation, and even if you do, you're going to be in trouble financially. You're going to have to take whatever savings you have and use them up. You're going to have to lean on your relatives, your friends, your neighbors to help you at a time when they're in financial squeeze time as well. So you have really whacked the working class. 65 million people unemployed. That's more much more than a third of the labor force yes. in this country. More than one out of three have been through that experience over the last 11 months. That is a staggering reality. At the same time, I'm going to give you two examples. Uh, Jeffrey Bezos, I'll pick him out, the head of Amazon, saw his wealth go from roughly $125 billion, that's with a B, up to around $200 billion. Okay, this is more money than any, you'd have to go back to ancient Egypt and the pharaohs to, to get this kind of, look at what I just told you. 65 million people really giving up pretty much whatever safety cushion of money they might have had, desperate in many cases, not knowing how long this will last, how bad it'll be, whether that job will even be there when it's over. I mean, and then other people becoming wildly wealthy. Here's a second example. I took the 15 most successful hedge funds on Wall Street, and I asked the question, how did they do during the year 2020? Because we now have the results. 
Okay. The uh, of the top fifteen, and there are many more. There's you know a thousand of them, but the top fifteen. Number fifteen earned eight hundred and forty-six million dollars. Number one earned three billion with a B. Wow. Now to help people understand what it means, I know it's difficult. Here's what I did. I asked myself if if this gentleman got three billion dollars, how much does that work out per week for a 52 week year? So here's your answer. Excess of 52 million dollars a week. He doesn't buy lottery tickets because he doesn't need to. He wins the lottery every day without buying a ticket because he's the other side of the coin of the millions of us who buy an occasional ticket and never win anything or not enough to make a difference. So you're making inequality much, much worse between those at the top who own shares, you know, who are the people who the tiny minority who sit at the top and the vast majority who don't. But there's a second example. Big business is destroying little business. The little businesses cannot survive this kind of situation. Something like a third to a half of all the restaurants that have had to close have closed permanently. They're not coming back. They're not making it on taking out, taking food out or prepare. None of that. that. Some of them are surviving on that but they'll never get back to where they were. And the government help so far has been very, very inadequate. Again, a couple of examples. The government has postponed eviction. So if you're unable to pay your rent or if you're unable to cover your mortgage, uh, here's what happens. You can't be thrown out of your home and that's now been extended into most of the rest of this year. But here's something to remember. Number one, all of those rents you didn't pay, you still owe them. Number two, the landlord is allowed to charge interest for not for you're not paying. So you owe the money on the rent plus the interest, plus the landlord is legally allowed to penalize you for not paying. So people who couldn't pay the rent are going to owe the accumulated rent plus interest plus penalty. This is ridiculous. They're going to arrive at some point down the road, two months, six months, nine months from now, and we're going to be right back where we are now, having used up their savings. I mean, this is impossible. Now, let me give you the last of it. Many, many small businesses have not been paying their rent, okay? That means the mall owner isn't getting his rental payments. And the business, the building owner in which the store is located isn't getting their rental. Okay, they're not getting money. They're turning around to their banks, holding mortgages, and saying, I can't pay the monthly mortgage because I'm not getting the monthly rental from my tenants. So the catastrophe of people fearing eviction 
is multiplied by the catastrophe of the small businesses and the catastrophe of the landlords and the catastrophe of the government. What you're building up to, I don't mean to scare folks, but if I didn't tell you this honestly, what use would I be? You are accumulating too many problems. It would have been hard to solve any one of them, but you've got a dozen, the pandemic, all the damage done by the people who died and the people who got sick and the economic crash and now the accumulated non-rental payers and non-mortgage covers and landlords and small business. It is, it is not only unbearable, these are the vast majority. And they're going to be looking at the shrinking number of people doing really well, you know, the Amazons, the Apples, uh, you know, all of that. And the gap between the experience of the two is going to be visible in a way that is going to drive people crazy. I would even argue, not that it's the most important thing, but part of the upset driving those uh, crazy people on the 6th of January at the Capitol. Part of it is they're having a sense, rightly, that the economic system they thought they were living in isn't there. And it isn't about to be brought back. And that they're looking at a, an abyss into the future. And they want to do something. And yeah, they, they start thinking crazy stuff and QAnon and all the rest of that. But don't forget, at the base are human beings that are suffering, even if the way they handle it only makes it worse. You know, uh, there's a part of your book, uh, Capitalism and Pandemic, Social Illnesses That Affect Us All. And in there, you include all the isms that, that that's used. And in fact, some of those people who attack the capital, instead of looking at the, at the reasons for their demise, they, they, they've, taught, they've been taught otherwise. But before, before I go to the other question, because this is something that gets to me all of the times, because you, you brought it up when you talk about Jeff Bezos. When you talk about Jeff Bezos going from $120 billion to $200 billion, Americans were indoctrinated into believing that somehow because somebody started something, I am an engineer, I created a product that all the wherewithal from that product belongs to me, not taking into account that I was educated, uh, Dr. Wolf, with the tax dollars that you paid, that all these things that made me, gave me the ability to create something came from us all. So right. somehow now I am supposed to be worth all the billions that's generated from others who work my product. Why don't you explain a little bit where we have to change our frame of minds into not believing that our invention, our immediate success belong to us all and all profits made from that belongs to that one individual as opposed to the collective that's really where a society where all of this was created. I'd be glad to. Let's start with the, the reality that whatever you think of Mr. Bezos, we'll stay with him, Jeff Bezos. He's as good an example as any of the others. Uh, whatever you think his contribution was, there were millions of people for thousands of years who have developed over time the understanding of electricity, the understanding of mathematics, the understanding of what it means to organize a supply chain, uh, to do all the work that goes into an Amazon delivery of a package. 
None of them are making money out of what they did. You know, Mr. Bezos had a mother and a father, and Mr. Bezos had a school teacher, and Mr. Bezos had a dozen people that were important in his life getting him to where he is. But we live in a system that doesn't have them share in the reward. Along the way, Amazon got all kinds of subsidies from governmental agencies to help them build a building, uh, a road made to one of their distribution centers so the trucks could get in and out. Those are contributions to the success over time that he had. There's absolutely no reason to exclude all of the people who made contributions along the way. The companies, the government agencies, the people who worked hard, the teachers, the, they get nothing out of all of this because of our peculiar system that gives it to one person. There's no need for that. If you want to recognize that he came up with, let's be, let's be very generous, he came up with a clever way to speed up package delivery. I mean, that's what he is. He delivers packages. He organized that. Good. Give him a reward. Give him a Nobel Prize. You know what the Nobel Prize is for a breakthrough in science? It's under $1 million. Give him that. Nobody would object. A good recognition of the fact that he was creative in a particular way. Give it to everybody who comes up with a really useful idea. There is no need and no justification to take away money from millions of people to give him not one million, but a $200 billion. And the only way you can do that is if there are people working day in and day out, producing more value than is paid to them in their wages, with the difference between what they add by their work versus what they get for working, that goes to Mr. Bezos, so he can collect a vast amount of money. It really is disgusting. And, and I mean that word because it's also now possible. And, and I want to drive it home again around Mr. Bezos, although we could use others. We have millions of people really suffering now. We have a catastrophe. Mr. Bezos didn't create the pandemic, but he is making a bundle. He didn't do anything to deserve the extra bundle. He's just sitting there with the right business purely by chance, whereas some other person working his or her tail off running a small restaurant is wiped out. It's not the fault of the people who got wiped out that there's a pandemic, and it's not the fault of Mr. Bezos, but one of them ends up with billions, and the other one is ruined for life. A decent society wouldn't let that happen. You know, even Donald Trump referred to the struggle against pandemic by saying, it's like a war. It's like we're fighting a war. Well, let me remind Americans of something. The last time we fought a major war, World War II, we did not allow some people to earn billions. We had something called an excess profits tax. You got more than a certain amount, the government went and said, this is a national crisis. We're fighting against the fascists in Germany and in Italy and in Japan. 
And we're not going to allow some people to become billionaires and other people give their lives to fight in the war. That's an inequality we will not tolerate. So we also had a rationing system. We gave people tickets. And let me mention that. We gave people ration tickets. You couldn't go get a quart of milk or a pound of coffee or a gallon of gas for your car and simply give money. And the reason we did that was because those things are scarce in wartime, if we did that, the only people who could afford it would be the people who are rich. And that would destroy the solidarity of our country fighting a war. So here's what we're going to do. You want to buy a gallon of gas or a pound of coffee or a, you know, a quarter pound of meat? You need a ration card printed by the government. And here comes the best part. You know how it was distributed, the ration card? According to people's needs. If you had a lot of kids in your family, you got more ration cards for milk. That way, rich people couldn't buy the milk for their pet rather than have human beings unable to give milk for growing children. We know what to do to handle a national crisis in a way that's fair. We've done that. This time, we have a government, Republicans and Democrats, so totally controlled by corporations and the rich that they don't even discuss doing that, even though it's part of our history. For me, the, the scars from this inequality between big and small business, between workers and capitalists, those are going to run very deep and last very long. And they will shape our history long after COVID is a bad memory. That is such a good point. Now, it's interesting because we have a young, the, 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 there's, we have a young woman, 29 years old, that runs the Harris County, Texas, the second largest county in the, in the country. And what she has instituted for COVID-19 is that uh, she's not going to force folks to just go ahead and type and refresh, refresh to, to get a vaccine. She made it equitable by saying everybody put in when they can, and it'll be a real lottery as far as who gets a vaccine first. Now, I call what you've just described, Dr. Um, Wolf, antiseptic slavery, because right. it's a form of slavery that, that just a bit more palatable to people. And until we explain it that way to many, they don't get it. Now, how do we get around the indoctrination that we get into people into believing that your worth is something that you purported to create? We have to change the mindset of people into realizing what you've just stated. That is, it's a collective that have created a Bezos. It's a collective that have created every capitalist that think they did it on their own. Right. That's always been true. I, I think the best way to understand it is to appeal to something I think is in most Americans, despite so many years of indoctrination. Somehow they know and they admire what it means to play teamwork. Sure, you admire this athlete and you admire the other one. But you know, most Americans understand that a winning team takes teamwork. That yeah, some players are better than others, but the crucial thing that will make you win is not having one of the superstars, but having a relationship among the team players that they all work together, that they have a collective idea, a collective feeling that they support one another. And I think you destroy that 
if you give one of them wild amounts of money and don't give the others that amount of money. That breeds inequality, that breeds bitterness, envy, and that destroys communities. I think that's what it's doing in this country right now. Yeah, in the short run, the rich get richer. But you know something? In the irony of history, in the end, this kind of inequality, like it would on any sports team, destroys the team spirit, destroys the helping one another mentality that makes you win in the end. And so what you end up having is two or three stars and another bunch of people that are bitter about how they're not recognized, and then the whole thing falls apart. Dr. Wolf, last question. What would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't ask you uh, to, to make this even better? The only thing would have been, and you did, this is more my fault than yours. What, what, what can we do? And let me end with this. We don't need to run our enterprises the way we do. That's the root of our problem in my judgment. We allow a tiny group of people, the owner of the company, the person who started it, if it's a corporation, the board of directors, usually a group of 15, 20 people. They are a tiny minority, but they sit at the top of the factory, of the office, of the store, and they make all the decisions and they have all the power. The rest of us are employees. They are the employer. That's not democratic. We don't vote for them. We have no power over them. If they don't like us, they fire us. Not only do we lose our job, we lose our income. We put our families in danger. This is a fundamentally unfair, unjust system. Here's the irony. If Americans were half as committed to democracy as they say they are, they would institute democracy in the workplace. One person, one vote, we all decide what happens in this factory, in this office, and this store. And guess what? We would never democratically decide to give one person $200 billion while the rest of us cannot pay for our kids to go to college. Professor Dr. Richard D. Wolf, author of The Sickness is the System, When Capitalism Fails to Save Us from Pandemics or Itself. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so kindly for being on Politics Done Right. You have a wonderful rest of your day. You too, and thank you for your program, which is an important part of the national conversation. I'm Robert Conte, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, Traffic fatalities have increased in D.C., and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or tick it. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 
All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. Dr. Richard Wolf, I love that economist. He gets it. He doesn't play the politics. He just calls it out as it is. First of all, folks, we're close to the end, and I forgot to do my ask. So if you are on YouTube, please, folks, click on that Join button. Help us continue to get the message out. What are you, when you support us, what are you supporting? You're supporting us giving the full message, the complete message. So please go ahead. If you're on YouTube, click that Join button, become a member. If you become a member now, I'll throw you up on the screen if you, if you allow me to or want me to. I'll, if you're not, if you're not, I repeat, if you're not currently on, uh, on let's say, on YouTube, you can also reach us on, uh, on uh, what, what is it called? If you're, rather, if you're on Facebook or if you're on Twitch or any of the others, you can simply go to uh, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Again, that is politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. And of course, I didn't have my link up so that I could copy it in right away. But I am going to put that in there right now. Politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Do that. Become a member. You can also go ahead, if you so choose, to give us a super chat. Super chat. That helps us out as well. Uh, you can support us also via Patreon. Politicsandright.com slash patron. Patron is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Politicsandright.com slash patron. Or you can come to us via PayPal. Politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Look, that book that you see on the screen, it's called As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Result. Uh, that's the wrong book. I'm not reading it. It's, it's worth it. How to Talk to Your Right Wing uh, Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. That's my latest book, actually. Uh, please go ahead and consider getting that book. That is how we defer the, defray the cost of what we're doing. You can pick that book up by going directly to Amazon. Here is the Amazon link. I just put it on the screen. You should see it on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and everywhere else. And if you want to bypass uh, Amazon and get a free bumper sticker along with your book, uh, I'll go ahead and you can go ahead and get the book at politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. You take the middleman out of it. We make a little bit more pennies on that to help us defray all the costs of what we do. And also you can get some of our other books either at the store or at Amazon, which is, um, as I see it, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right Wing Doom, and a, and a couple others. Anyhow, um, please consider... Uh, getting our cup. Our cup was designed, well, we have several cups, but this is a particular cup I'm trying to ask folks to get because it was designed by one of our PDR Posse members, one of the people who are members of our PDR Posse. And I said, she's the boss of the PDR Posse because she designed our cup. And that cup is, uh, I think I have it on the screen. Did I put it on the screen yet? I think I have it on the screen. Uh, that cup is uh, join the PDR Posse and it has all of what we are really about so you know we the people like left right anything we don't care what your ideology is we support everyone we support it all we just want to have that conversation we just want to have everybody educated so that they can make educated decisions that's what we want we want them to make educated decisions we don't necessarily want you to copy everything that we say but we want you to know the truth as opposed to much of the lies that you're hearing here. That is what we do. We do three to five blogs every day, two to five blogs, every uh, 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 videos every day. Uh, we write articles for the newspaper. We try to keep the, the progressive message at the forefront so that we can counteract what's coming elsewhere. That is, that is our job as we feel it to make sure that the truth 
gets out there. So please, again, consider going ahead and clicking that join button. Become a member of our PDR Posse. In other words, a part of Politics Done Right, which means you're helping getting the message out. My brother, Norman Reynolds, there he is. I still haven't gotten the picture from Bridge MCP, but she said she had some issues, but she's going to send it. And anybody who has anything from us, please go ahead and take her pictures with it because and send it with us. I'd just like to have a page that I have all you wonderful people on it. You know, I've already gotten all of us who we did the big, the big group chat. We have to have another big group chat. You guys tell me when you're ready for our next big Zoom where we'll talk to everybody and have fun like we did the last time yes i like that but he says either buy the cup join or throw a super chat in there that that's right bridge I, I love that you're promoting that anyhow let me go ahead and salute all you wonderful people that have joined us bridge mcp welcome aboard uh let's see who else is here maywood welcome aboard insulin going up welcome aboard deb denny welcome aboard uh para ver quien más está aquí uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver Bridge MCP, I got you already uh, Maxim Rice, welcome aboard Eric Hayes, welcome aboard Eric, I have to answer one of your questions I'll answer it after I salute everybody um, Let's see who else is here uh, Wow I am Norman Reynolds Welcome aboard, Christine Park, welcome aboard I'm going down the list. I'm going down. Christine Park, I think I got you. Deborah John, welcome aboard. Deborah says, and guess what? The more snow snarts convert into ice, the colder it will. You're absolutely right, girl. Uh, May Wood, welcome aboard. Uh, going up, going up, going up. I'm going fast, so my eyes kind of trips me up. Deborah John, I think I got you already. The Cure, I like that. The underscore, underscore, Cure. I love that name. Lyle Rousey, welcome aboard. Uh, who else is here? Coming down, going, or rather going up, going up. If, if you're here and you want your name called out, just throw, go ahead and send me another message. Bruce Pollard, my brother. How you doing, sir? Lee Grant, my favorite, or one of my favorite conservatives. Bruce, or rather Lee Grant, Hayes, and some other conservatives are in the house. Love you guys, too. You know that. Uh, let's see. Gotcha. Let's see who else is here. Alice O'Donnell Sullivan. Welcome aboard. And uh, let me go down to the bottom and see if anybody else wants me to call out their name. Nanette Birdsmith. Hey, how you doing? Uh, let's see who else is here. Come on, folks. Tell me if you're here so that I can salute you. You know I like to talk to you. Anyhow, and let's see. June Litterhay. All right. Check this out, folks. Uh, at least uh, there's something that uh, I think I saw from my conservative brother say something that I wanted to address. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, Eric says you, he said some, I don't remember exactly what he said, but in effect he says, if we go ahead and start taking what we should take from the rich, what the rich owes to society, he claims that they'll just go somewhere else. That is the kind of messaging that the right puts out. Joyce C.E. from Amsterdam, welcome aboard. That is the message the right likes to put out. They like to, like to put the fear into you. If you come and really start taking what is yours, guess what's going to happen? The rich is going to somehow take their money away. Take what money away? June Litter, welcome aboard. Take what money away? They can't. Let's, let me remind you of something, and that is where we have to start instantiating our own power. Here's the truth. The rich are nothing without you. First of all, they can only become rich because we have a powerful army, a powerful marine, a powerful all of these things. 
what it means is that they are not leaving America. You know why they're not leaving America or the Western countries? You know why? Because if they leave, the only way their fortunes are protected is because we have a collective system that says we are not going to let anyone take it away from you. No te vamos a saquear. No vamos a tomar lo que es tuyo. We're not going to take what's yours. We have had a compact that if you follow the rules of this economic system, we will allow that level of, uh, that level of security of what you own. Do you think they're going to take their billions to Jamaica? Or are they going to take their billions to any country that doesn't have the wherewithal to protect them? Let's give an example. You go ahead and throw your billions inside of some little town, some little island. And that island decides to have a coup. And the leader of that coup says, okay, you have no more money. What is that person who put the billions in that little country to avoid American taxes to do? Oh, guess what he's going to be dependent on? He's going to be dependent on hoping that he left enough money in the United States of America so that American military would go ahead and tell that country, if you don't give XYZ back his money, we're going to blow you off of the map. You think it's a lie? See what happened in Panama. See what happened in Santo Domingo. See what happened in... You have to understand how the system works. If we as a society, as a collective finally get our politicians to work on our behalf. There's nothing a rich person can do to hold on to anything because we work as a partnership. It's a mutually accepted partnership. And when you give away your resolve, when you give away your power to them, that is the only way they can prevent equity. That is the only way they can prevent us to create a more perfect union that treats people better. It is so important that you understand that because that's what the right likes to say. Oh, if you, if you go ahead and tax them, they'll go somewhere else. They ain't going nowhere. They have nowhere to go. It's only the dependence on the Western structure that allows them to be who they are. So what I'm trying to tell you is as you, as you acquiesce to your power, you can start making changes. The reason why, let me give a good example that occurred with our freeze here in Texas. The first thing that the, gov the, the governor understands that conservatism is a failure. In other words, what is conservatism? Spend as little as you can for, to get the most that you can. Very efficient. I'm not doubting it. It's very efficient. That's why the power companies did not winterize because it was much more efficient to not winterize given that this sort of stuff comes every few decades. So, but the problem is you don't know if it's every, it comes on average every few decades, but it could be decade one, then two years, then two years, and then it doesn't come for 20 years. You don't know that. So therefore, you weatherize to cover all these incidents, but that takes away from your profit. So what did the private companies do because we don't follow regulations in Texas because we made our grid solely ours? Oh, you don't have to do that anymore. So we didn't weatherize. So what we did is we threw the collective pain onto the people. So all those people who did not weatherize all these, uh, these, these generators, etc., they, they put the pain on us. We paid the price for them not investing in those generators. They've already walked off with the profit. But it's worse. 
Because now the people that are selling the gas to run the turbines, because the gas is in short supply, as opposed to paying $9 per megawatt, we are now paying $9,000 per megawatt. So they win whether they lose. They win. And it only works that way because we tolerate it. So when those of you who don't have a contract on your electric bill, watch what your electric bill is going to look like for March. Watch your March electric bill if you don't have a contract for electricity. Again, because we are a deregulated market. That, those are the things people don't understand. Those are the things that aren't taught. And when these things are not taught, and that's why we have politics done right, to give this sort of information. Because they're not volunteering this to you. Most people don't know that when March comes, if they didn't sign a contract with an electric company, if they just said, let's go ahead and go month to month, your month to month can actually be crazy if your particular company had to buy gas at the spot market price. These are things that they're not telling you. When you have a deregulated market, these are all the things that can happen to you. And people don't know it. They just live until it happens. And they think they are at the behest of these politicians. They think they are at the behest of these people. These people are thieves with ties. The stockbrokers are thieves with ties. They wear a suit, but they're no different than the common thug that is taking something he had not earned. And when we change our frame of thinking... When we start to realize that those of us who work and those who don't, should not, we should not allow those who don't to profit from us. When we learn that, it'll be better. I got to get out of here, but folks, please, if you're on YouTube, click that join button, become members. We need members. We are short hundreds of members right now. And likewise on Patreon, we'd love to get some support on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash, what is it? Politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. As you can also support us at PayPal. That is politicsunright.com slash PayPal. Politicsunright.com slash PayPal. Please go get my book. Get my book. I have several, but this one that I'm pushing right now is It's Worth It. How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. You can get it at that link that I just gave you there. Or you can get it at our store. And our store is politicsandright.com slash store. You can also get at our store like our, um, what is it that you can get? Like our hoodies. You can get our t-shirts like this. You can get our stuff for your face. You can get the mugs. Like, you know, the, the mugs and all that good stuff, right? So anyhow, support the program. We need you. We can't do this without you. Many, 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 many options for support to make sure that we inform people about what's going on. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.
Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelts save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket. 